But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. It is episode 61. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto, north of the border. 61 episodes, Everett, my guy. We're, uh, we're, we're That's a lot. There. That's that's a lot. We're, we're eight away from that magic number. Ooh, um, we've got to do something special for that one. I didn't even think about we, that. We, we might have to do something a little bit special for for that one. I, I wonder when it when it's going to fall. We should we should figure that one out later. But yeah, 61. <laughs> Who would have thunk it over well over a year of uh, 9x9s? And I mean, to be honest, it's been more, too, because we've done other right. so many other specials and stuff like that. But of the 9x9, yeah, it's, it's, it's been 61. And uh, if you're new to the show or if you're an OG follower, welcome. Uh, all the same the numbers have been going up quite a bit recently so yeah, people are getting into it this this is the time of the year people yeah. are pe- people are getting really excited about volleyball and there's certainly a lot to cover yeah 100 percent a lot to cover I've, got, I've had people message me obviously like poland and italy and stuff like that but people from like belize uh shout out if you're if you're the guy from belize who was who was uh, messaging me and yeah so we we've got international audience here rob and that can tell it just shows you how starved people are for volleyball coverage so let's just jump into it it's been their mass week this might be the busiest time of the year for volleyball just because of how many leagues are going on in champions league and playoffs and everything but let's start first and foremost with the women's champions league uh in europe we have the final four and it's a big one three teams not only from turkey but from istanbul they are rising that country up at when they need the most. And the one team from Italy, Rob, is not the team that we're expecting. Canigliano out. No one can win the Affinity Gauntlet this year. Not Perugia, not Canigliano. It's wide open. They lose to Fenerbahce last week, three three to two. But after they lost the first two sets, it was it was kind of over. Novara, the only team to move on, which is interesting considering how they're um, Lega Volley Fuminili season is going compared to how the Champions League season is is going. But let's let's just let's just jump into it. Um, Navarra three nothing versus Stuttgart last week. Zazibasha three two over uh, Rejov last week. Um, do we need to talk too much about these these two games? Not really. I, I like the, the especially the Novara match versus Stuttgart just wasn't really that good of a game I was uh, more to be honest uh, yeah 18 19 21 like those those sets just aren't that close and i mean going back to the first leg where stuttgart had a chance to win the fourth set and at least get a point like that would have made it a much more interesting series ended up not being and so i, I don't think we need to talk about the series as much as, as as much as we should talk about kind of novara and how they got to this point because you're right they have had a bit of a weird year there's been a lot that's gone on both on and off the court for them. They've had a bunch of injuries. They've had a little bit of internal turmoil, but still somehow I think kind of by based on a very lucky bracket draw here, they are in the final four of champions league. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think it is. I think it's hundred percent the the bracket draw. If you look at their pool that they're in, I mean, they did have Vakif bank, right? So that is uh, uh, not the easiest, um, 
but they managed to, to finish at top of the pool there. Luckily, thanks to a little bit of help from Potsdam. Exactly. And then, they got they got help there. Like who could have expected Potsdam to beat Vakovbank out of nowhere? But they did beat Vakovbank as well, right? Like they split the series against uh, against Vakovbank, put Vakovbank down to um down to down to two losses. So that's big. And then just because of their differential, they don't have to play that that first round game. They just have to play right into the uh, in the quarterfinals, uh, and they get Stuttgart. So luck, lucky for them, gets gets it, it puts a good taste in their mouth, but. And that's not going to get any easier now when we look at the semifinals uh, for Navarra taking on Zasha Basha, who has been the hottest team in Turkey this this year. But on the other side of that draw, that is going to be a crazy, crazy semifinal because Fenerbahce just did what we didn't. Well, actually, you didn't think was possible. I wasn't 100% on it. I thought it was going to be possible, but the way that they did it was just incredible. Sure, they tech, sure Canigliano technically won that match um, tw- or in, in five, but we all know once you lose those first two sets, it's done. And Fenerbahce, they look good. They look powerful, especially in this setting where they can have Anna Cristina and, and Vargas and Federitseva all on the court at the same time. This is a dangerous team to play against, and they show by taking down what was regarded as the top team in the world before that. This this was a crazy series. It, 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 I think it it could be massively significant for all of women's volleyball because of the way that Fenerbahce did that. Now, we already talked about the game that they won at home, just like beating the brakes off Corneliano 3-0, to zero, but to come into a hostile environment on the road in Italy in a do-or-die game, great atmosphere. Like they, Fenerbahce won the first 25-23. It was not that close. Corneliano made a huge comeback. It was 8-1. to one. I think it yeah. might have been even 10-1. to one. Irina Fedorovtseva got back to the service line. She was like the second server of the entire match for Fenerbahce. She ripped off seven or eight points or so in a row, including four aces in that first set combined, was just absolutely untouchable from the service line. And then she turned it around, did the exact same thing in the second set. She had four aces there, eight aces total, including one that I think was the greatest serve in women's volleyball history. And I'll find the wow. exact I'll find the exact score and then we can make a clip out of it later for social media. But I think that that wrist away serve uh, in the second set that Arena Fedorovseva put right on the last millimeter of both the baseline and the sideline, I think that was actually the greatest serve in women's volleyball history. And okay. Corneliano could not, they absolutely could not handle it. And I'm, I'm really glad that our friend Burkai from Turkey put this in the chat. I saw him say this in the Discord, and I agree. This is a women's volleyball team that is playing men's volleyball right now. Yes, they are play, absolutely. They are, they are playing I mean, men's volleyball, and it's working. One thing that I do want to mention, though, even though they did go up eight-one, possibly ten-one, they Canigliano did bring that gap back. It, right? it was it was sixteen thirteen, twenty-one eight eighteen. So they they still had that that three-point spread. Hawk had eight points in, in that first set. It was kind of a battle of the titans. You could tell that Canigliano got knocked back, but I think that they just kind of got deflated, brought that gap back all the way and quickly. But then Fenerbahce to their credit, was able to just really stabilize everything, keep that three-point gap all, all the way to the end. And this, to me, isn't just a team with a lot of firepower, but it has a lot of maturity. and clearly has good leadership with the way that they were able to hold off the, the Canigliano comeback after that point. I don't... 
I don't really look into it that way. I, I think that Fenerbahce was in control of the entire game. I don't think that they – it's it's weird. I don't even think they're that mature of a team. I think that they look at, at Corneliano the same way they look at every other opponent they play, and they actually don't care who's on the other side of the net from them. I think they're actually sort of a, a less intelligent team, but in a good way. They they okay. literally do not care. About, they do not care about the opposing matchup. They they it doesn't matter because if they execute like they did from the service line and ha- attacking high balls, they play a very simple, basic, strategic style of volleyball, and it does not matter what is going on the other side of the net from them. They don't care. They don't care how. They don't really care about playing defense. They're not a good backcourt defensive team. They don't care about diversifying their offense. Their middles have like what five attempts combined in two sets like they literally do not run the middle they don't run the middle behind the center it doesn't matter that's why i'm saying like they're playing sort of a almost a primitive style of men's volleyball where they're just hitting the ball as hard as they can from the service line and they do not care what a team is doing against them and if they have a good day being physical and just dominating people in those categories they're gonna win they don't care who it is and my concern was I don't know if that's sustainable. Like after the, after they did it in the first game at home a couple of weeks ago against Corneliano and won that three zero stunner, I'm like, whoa, that that that's that has to be an outlier. There's no way they can do that again. And then they did. So I don't really even know what to make of this Fenerbahce team because it they're almost like the Piacenza Coppa Italia run on the men's side in Italy, Ooh. but now there's more data behind it. They've now done it twice. I, I feel like that is. I don't know if that's a fair assessment. Um, I, I would give Fenerbahce much, much more credit. Like this is a team that has been doing this all season long. Right. And then they added Melissa more or less, but like, once again, they added Melissa Vargas to the mix and that was always the indication, but they've, they've continuously been like one of the top teams in Turkey. Right. They've continuously uh, been up to that point, but I definitely agree with Burkai and yourself that they're playing men's volleyball right now. Right. They bang, they bang hard on the pins. They serve tough from the baseline. And that's exactly what I said uh, a few weeks ago when we were previewing this series that they were going to need to do to put off uh, Conigliano. And, and that's what they did. They banged serves from the baseline. This is a physical team, maybe one of the most physical teams that we've ever seen in women's volleyball. It's unreal. Um, how they play the game, and, and you're right. There's not much detail to this game. Uh, I kind of like it. Burkai's coming in, in the chat as well. He's savior today, saying uh, it doesn't look like they study them well. Robin talked like Vargas, like she was watching her for the first time in life. She couldn't even remember her name. Huh. Well, uh, you reap what you sow on that one. I mean, I, I don't know how you could sleep on a team of Fenerbahce's talent. M- Melissa Vargas is. I mean, you could certainly make a case for her as a top five opposite in the world. I think that's that's would be pretty fair right now. I would put her above Kara Kurt, above Stisiak, like really probably fourth outside of Egonu Hakboskovic in some order. Like Melissa Vargas is unbelievable. Just because just because she hasn't played on the national team and or any national team in a while doesn't give you an excuse to not know who that player is. What's crazy too is that she's doing it on the left side, right? Like she's ryan, lining up opposite to to Federate Seva. And they have, um, or is no, she? That, that's, no, that's not correct. Yeah. Okay. Var- yeah, Var- right. Vargas is the opposite. And she plays like an opposite and she's awesome. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. She, yeah. She's always been awesome. Like we, we've seen this the last couple of years. She goes and plays in China, makes a bunch of money, comes back to Fenerbahce midway through the year and immediately makes them a championship contender. It's like, it's not, not the first time we've seen this from them. But the, the thing is, is that they have two players that can do it. Right. Whereas, you know, um, Kelsey Robinson, Cook, 
did not look good uh, in that first set. She was 0 for 4. Um, or no, sorry, she was, yeah, she was she was 0 for 4 uh, there. Catherine Plummer, uh, she was 2 for 6. They only had Hawk scoring for them, whereas it was Anna Christina and uh, and Vargas for Fenerbahce. And Fedorov Seva, who's clearly the best server in the world in women's volleyball right now. Like, you cannot beat a team that has eight aces in two sets. When, when, when a team only has to win two sets to advance in the, in the series, if, if, they serve, if they get four aces from one player in the first set and then four aces from that same player in the second set, it's over. She, her serving was something that nobody could have seen and nobody could have prepared for because it's just that good. Like there's, that's kind of what I'm saying. There's only so much that you can do to prepare for a team that doesn't care who you are. They, they don't care about the matchup. They're going to go bang balls from the service line. They're going to go rip high balls on the wings. They're not going to set the middle. It doesn't matter. They're going to hit the ball as hard as they can. They're going to use their physicality, and it worked. I'm, I'm stunned that it worked against a team of Canaliano's quality, and it absolutely did. I'm really excited for this all Istanbul matchup now, especially in, in the next round where you have Fenerbahce taking on Vakif Bank, the kind of the like super it's always cup been, revenge game. Yeah, super cup revenge game. That's going to be that's going to be a big one. But Exajabasha has been the big team in Turkey all season long, right? They haven't really they haven't really lost a match. But now you have Fenerbahce taking on Vakif Bank. Vakif Bank has been the dominant force in in Turkey now for a few years. But Fenerbahce has all, all that history. I think that one is going to be a banger. And like, you know, the crowds are going to be into <laughs> it. Like, oh, that, yeah. And, and especially if it's Exashabasha, who I think Exashabasha is going to, to have beat Navarra. You look at those two, two teams, like player by player, and I'm all for Exashabasha. Um, like, if you compare Karakurt to um, Tiana Boscovich. I don't think there's even a comparison right now um, in, in the way those two teams are playing, which is interesting because, of course, Karakurt is Turkish. She is the the, Turk, the Turkish national team. But if you end up having um, Exajabasha move on com- against either of those teams, the super the, the, the super finals are going to be absolutely unreal. And where is it? It's in, in Turin. It's That's in the, Turin. where the finals. It's kind of a shame like, it's not in Istanbul or Ankara. Oh or man! Like, like uh, could you imagine? Yeah, a- absolutely. If that game was in Istanbul, it would be like there. There might be riots. There honestly. probably there, would. Like, like there, there might be riots. Greece caliber, and that would be really fun. <laughs> I would be all for that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we should address the Adzajabasha series just a little bit and tie it into their next game because they they did beat Zhezhov in five. Uh, once they took two sets, they got they got on the board in the fourth set. It was over. Somebody made the point in the chat earlier, and I kind of agree. I think Novara might not even be able to put up as much of a fight as Zhezhov did. I think Zhezhov no. is a team that doesn't have. They don't have a, a horse like Karakurt Boskovic. Like they, they don't have that player they're going to give all the balls to. They're going to have to be balanced and play good defense and, and be scrappy and, and just kind of win long rallies and do what they can. Novara is a team that is more similar to Adzajabasha, but just not as good. And a matchup that Adzajabasha is extremely prepared for. So I, I totally agree with you. I very much like them to get to the finals. I think Zhezhov is a much better coach team with Stefan Antiga there. Yeah, shout out to Antiga. Uh, that- then on the other side with uh, uh, with Navarra, so yeah, I, I I honestly would expect this one to be three o three o, right? Maybe Navarra wins a match a, a set at home, maybe, but I expect the other one to be an absolute bloodbath because there's two players on that team 
on the Vakif Bank team that are going to refuse to lose. I mean, the, the, the entirety of that team, a the defending champs, they didn't want to defend that. But Ogunu, this is her time to shine, right? This yeah, is her time. This is what, to, this this is, is what they this, signed her for. <laughs> this is what they signed her for. Everything prior to this doesn't matter, right? There's only two things that truly matter, and that's the Sutanlar League playoffs and the, the CEV Champions League. And so I think that this one is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I wouldn't be surprised if we three, see a five-set, five-set, go to golden golden set in this one because it is going to be unreal. The question is going to be Fenerbahce's sustainability of the same game plan that they've used to destroy Corneliano and make them look like a pedestrian team. Can they keep doing that uh, against an opponent that, that has to intimidate them more? I mean, they, I don't know why they would really care particularly about Caneliano, but Vakif Bank is, I think, domestically a little bit of a different beast. Even though they did it much earlier in the year, I think that the the chance of Fenerbahce getting a bit intimidated might might be there. And the, just the volatility of using ridiculous service pressure to win games, that you can't really rely on that, as we've talked about in several tournaments in the recent, in recent history. If, if Fenerbahce can keep this up, if, if they can serve like that, and if they can just keep doing this very basic physical style of volleyball and if, if the best teams in the world can't touch them then no reason why they can't just straight up go and win champions league and like not even break a sweat if, they, if they're going to serve that well i i don't see even vakif bank being able to handle it i do and for one reason and one reason only gabby right if there's one player like i don't think kelsey robinson cook or Catherine Plummer are up to the task when it comes to like the, the big serving like that and they don't know if they have enough like character and personality once again they come from that american system that is very much let's do this together which is which is fantastic there's nothing wrong with that but gabby has that attitude she's used to being the number one on this team she's used to going up against the best players in the world both for obaka bank and for brazil so if there's one player who might have to just go i'm just going to pass the entire court myself like i i don't even know who they have as as the second left side at the moment for for vodka bank ben carabayama lately she's been pretty good but we've it's not like gabby but like once again like by turkish or sorry serbian like she knows those big sirs having played with tiana boscovich Bayama is american everett <laughs> nice try oh, right uh, sorry we, but sorry. we see we see gabby be targeted in reception even less than vakif bank's libero or than brazil's yeah. libero like gabby 100%. is the best serve receiver on any team that she plays on and i agree with you i think there's there's one player that can handle it just and just from the like that dog in her perspective that's going to refuse to lose to Fenerbahce, then she might have to be, she might have to be the player. You also got to get a good, a go new day. Cause she's going to be hitting a lot of out of system balls. But, but also too, when you think about it, just like Burkai's head in the chat, like Canigliano was kind of looking over Fenerbahce, right. And not prepping for them. Uh, clear, clearly not ready for them. Vakif bank will not make that mistake. No. Right. Not only do they know them from, from having played, played against them lost lost to them multiple times this season but now that they took down canigliano who was quote unquote the number one team in the world up to that point i i just don't i don't see it happening like so, I, I i don't see a three nothing happening i see this one being a, a dog fight okay so who's your pick right now i have to go with Fenerbahce. right because just the the way that they're playing the, the the way that the, you have the three-headed monster, right? Offensively, in terms of firepower, 
Vakuf Bank just doesn't have have it right. They're going to have to beat. They're going to have to pass well enough to beat Vakuf Bank down the or to, to beat Fenerbahce down the middle for Vakuf Bank to win. Like that's the, the, that's what you need need to do. And Agonu has to have an all time game where she's efficient, much more than she usually is. She she needs to be much more efficient. And Gabi needs to score fifteen plus points at the very least. I like Vakif Bank because I'm I'm not convinced about the sustainability of this Fenerbahce winning play style. I mean, to win yeah. to win that Canigliano series was unbelievably impressive. Like I, I'm much more convinced by that than I was by Piacenza winning the Italian Cup. And I do think that those things are similar because of the way that they won them, of the of just catching fire from the service line for two matches and and. and getting him done that way and we saw what happened to Piacenza immediately after winning that Italian cup they completely crashed and burned and they lost in the CV cup semifinal I think it's very different though because of the type of organization <laughs> because the type of organization that Fenerbahce is right we're talking about one of the most storied women, like just sport clubs in the world right here they know how to win um and the, yeah the, I, the club knows how to win but the, it's, it's the seven players on the court and they're I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that that the way that they do this is sustainable. It's it's able to beat anybody when it's there. Like that that level of serving, I'm I'm serious. There's nobody in women's volleyball that can beat Fenerbahce if they serve like they did against Corneliano just now. But can they? I'm I'm not convinced that it's sustainable. Uh Vakif Bank is a team that actually knows how to win. Uh the players but, that are there they actually know they how haven't, to win. But they haven't done it this season. Right, uh, like I'm, I'm looking at the what the sample size is is from recent. Like my my recency bias is really high right now. And yeah, Fenerbahce, <laughs> Fenerbahce is is doing both. Like once again, like that's I did give give credit to to, to Vakif Bank a little bit earlier, but for me, Fenerbahce is is the favorite in this one, and they have to be. Fair enough. I mean, it's going to be an amazing series, but uh, yeah. we've we've learned that uh, I, I really think that Piacenza on the men's side is a good example how dangerous recency bias can be in the way that they won that Italian Cup. I think that Vakif Bank, who has actually been there before, either their whole team last year and then bringing in Egonu, who has a great chance, great case to be the best player in the world. Uh, I, I like them in that series, but it's going to be fireworks for sure. My question is, with this, does Vargas slot herself in like do we have a, a, a fourth athlete who could t- potentially be the best player in the world um with with the way she's been playing and does Federitseva slot herself in as the best outside in the, in the world because previously me that was gabi but like this this series right here might might figure that out all that out for me i've i've got to see i've got to see hardware i've, I've got to see major major tournament victory hardware if, if fenerbahce wins the champions league then i might be able to have the conversation about those two players but not until then okay sounds good and I, I i respect that um just just to let you know uh a few weeks ago it was that uh well not a few weeks ago F- february 5th fenerbahce beat bank three nothing Okay, I mean they beat him three nothing in the in the Super Cup final as well at the beginning of the year, and that was before Melissa Vargas even got there. So uh, there, there's there's recent history in Fenerbahce's favor for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, as you said, it's going to be absolutely bananas in 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 this one. Um, it's yeah, not this week, but next week. I think next Wednesday. So we'll have time to preview it on next Wednesday's show. Yeah, unless All it's right. Tuesday. Ooh, I gotta double check that. It might be. It might be like a week from today. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is. It, is is it next Tuesday, April fourth? Is that our next show? Yeah, uh, Vakif yeah. Bank versus Fenerbahce is eleven a.m. Eastern next Tuesday. 
April 4th. So we'll, we'll have a match to talk about on next week's show, which is awesome. That is okay. Great. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of champions league to uh, talk about because in a little bit, we're going to preview the men's semifinals uh, that go down uh, tomorrow. But first, before that, let's jump over to the CEV. Do we want to preview Navarro versus a, uh, Zajibasha at we all? Already just, did. I think yeah. we already did. I think Zajibasha is going to the finals. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving over to the CEV Cup on the women's side. THY gets the win, but Skandichi moves on uh, after winning. They All they needed was two sets, and, and they got they got it um, pretty much to be expected without Kira Van Rijk, who's been the top scorer for THY. She's at home in Canada um, with her mother, who's currently in hospital. So obviously we spend our, send our best wishes uh, to Mrs. Van Rijk and, and hope Kira's doing well. Um, but Scandici moving on, moving on to the finals, and they will be taking on uh, Alba Blaj out of Romania. They take beat Targoviste in the All-Romanian semi, other semifinal of the CEV Cup. Thanks for participating. We, Pretty we, much. We, 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 we said this this entire CEV Cup on the women's side. The Scandici versus THY series was the final. Congratulations to Scandici on winning the 2023 CEV Cup. Great. Uh, I'm not going to watch that series. Uh, Scandici has way, way, way more talent than any team in Romania could ever field, and we don't really need to talk about it. But it is it, it is unfortunate about this THY Scandici series. I, I was excited about it. I was hoping it was going to be better. Like the first match was was worse, and that was when THY had all their players. Uh, mm-hmm. And and this one, uh, THY fought a lot harder. They they played good volleyball without Van Rijk and without Nas, their starting setter. Uh, and they, they, they played good volleyball, went up two to one, but in the end it wasn't enough. So uh, I'm giving the trophy to Scandici right now. Yeah, might as well. And I mean, to be expected, I don't think there's any, oh, I was going to say there's no Turkish teams, but obviously uh, there's, there's the one, there's this uh, one team and maybe Galatasaray. No, I don't, I don't think they're in this competition either, but uh, yeah, sure. give, give, give this one to, to uh, Scandici second best team uh, from Italy right now, taking on a Romanian team. Uh, I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. Real quick, Burkai in the chat once again. Arena Federatseva is tied for the uh, most aces in Champions League ever, and she has two more series to play. She has yeah. th- potentially three more matches. That is, I mean, they did play one more series than historically has existed. Like the, that play in series is new this year, but it is still absolutely bonkers the level of serving that she's displayed. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that's huge. Speaking of Italian teams beating Romanian teams in CV competition, congratulations to Kieri on winning the Challenge Cup. They beat some Romanian team called Lugoj. Whatever. Uh, we don't really even need to talk about this. Yeah. Challenge Cup is Challenge Cup. Kieri is from Italy. Everybody else is inferior. Uh, good for them for getting some hardware. I almost would wish that like Italian teams couldn't play Challenge Cup and CEV Cup. I kind of like, like that. Like, like, give like the only the elite leagues like the worst that they can play a CV Cup. Like, you you yeah. got to leave leave Challenge Cup to like the, the Romania, the Greece, Germany, and the Romania, France, and the, and Greece, yeah. and and absolutely like that like, Bulgarian team that that failed to score double yeah, digits in, in Champions yeah. League. Like, put them in Challenge Cup. They might actually win some games. Yeah, absolutely. Or just change up the Champions League um, system altogether. Do it a tiered system. You know, you move up with your losses. You you move up with your wins, down down with your losses. Get likes with likes. You know, imagine if we just had like an upper group of just the best Italian and and Turkish teams. It would be a bloodbath. Everyone would tune in instead of just having. It's only really starting to get relevant now in in the quarterfinals. Well, speaking of tuning in, I I mean, I think we might have to give the figure it out of the week award sponsored by Vera Volley Malonza to the CEV as an entity. 
I think we might have to give it to him. One reason is we uh, jump over to Men's Champions League, which we'll preview in a second. They have all the games at the same time this week, as usual. We're used to that being a problem. That's very annoying. But what are you doing hiring commentators that don't know the format of Champions League? The guy that did the Zajabasha series didn't know that the series was over after the fourth set. He thought he was but saying, he's oh, got a oh, British oh, all accent. the drama, all the, all the drama, all the drama is coming into this fifth set. This is amazing. There's a fifth set to decide who goes. No, that's not correct. It was over. And the YouTube chat was clowning on him and he deserved to be clowned on. How are they hiring these people when Everett and I are sitting right here watching the games? It's embarrassing. I mean, we know the answer, but we're not we're not going to talk about it uh, on here. All right, moving on to tomorrow's men's Champions League semifinals. I'm excited. Uh, it is going to be awesome. We've got two games: Hulk Bank against JSW uh, at noon Eastern time, and then at two thirty, we just saw on the screen there, Zaxa, the two-time defending champs, taking on Perugia, who can no longer get the Affinity Gauntlet, Gauntlet, but still in Champions League, of course. That's going to be important. Rob, let's start with Hawk Bank versus JSW. This is going to be a very, very good series. This one's a toss-up. I, I truly believe it. And this may be controversial, but I'm, I have a penchant to say that it's going to be Hawk Bank. Just the way this is, team is playing, the way that they played they played in the last round, how we've seen JSW struggle since the beginning, beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, I thought that this was a team that was destined to sweep the Plus Liga win the trophy easily and be in the finals of the champions league. But since then it hasn't really happened. Whereas Hulk bank has been very, very good and consistently good. And they picked up a, a massive midseason player in Thomas Jeske, who completely yeah, changes their 100%. team to better. And uh, we we've seen that from Hawk bank, the last couple series, they have been a transformationally different and better team since they have one more legitimate wing threat. And I, and I, I agree. I like Hawk bank. I think they're a much better serving team than Yashimsky is. My my question in this series, and the thing I want to emphasize, want to emphasize, is clean volleyball. The ability for Hawk Bank to play clean volleyball versus Yashemsky, who is a pretty clean volleyball team. I think that is a strength of theirs. Uh, like Fornal, Cleveno, and Popivchak is a gnarly serve receive unit. It's way better than Hawk Bank's. Uh, they're a way Yashemsky is a way better defensive team than Hawk Bank. But Hawk Bank is a better serving team. So I think that's kind of the key matchup. Hawk Bank tends to get in some of these games that end up kind of being rock fights. Like they're they're sloppy, they're physical, all sorts of weird random stuff happens. It's always really fun to watch. But Mm -hmm. Yashkemsi is is a total style counter to that. They're very different than Lube, who Hawk Bank just beat. Lube gives away points for free like they're they're just a, a charity. Yashemsky will not do that. And I'm curious to see if Hawk Bank can earn all of those break points that they're going to need to separate from them in, in, in this series. Yeah, you're very right about that. One thing, though, I think that Hulk Bank is a very emotional team, right. which can be bad at times, but can be very, very good at times. Like, if you have, like, if the momentum is behind them, it's a t- they're a tough team to stop. You've got two fantastic uh, wingers with Namir and... Uh, and um, Key obviously, but to me, it's going to be Ill- really interesting to see the setting matchup versus the old versus the new, right? You have Ben Tuniuti, who's been there. He's done it. He's won a Champions League. He's maybe not a legend, but he's an A-tier <laughs> athlete. Pretty close. I mean, if he had been the starter for France when they won the Olympics, it would be a different story. But unfortunately for him, that was Pizal. Um, But, you know, he was the, the guy that 
helped build this French team into the program that they are they are today and at, at his size and the way that he's able to do it and still be successful is, is ridiculous. But Micah Ma'a is to me, like one of the most electric young setters that we, we have just in terms of his all around game, the way he can block, the way he can serve, the way he can hit, um, hit the ball on to just, he has such a feel for the game. You know, volleyball is, is, is such a meet between the art and the science. And there's some players who rely so much on the science and there's other players who rely so much on the art. Michael Ma is a, a damn Picasso baby. The way he plays this game is so entertaining. It, it's so fun to watch. And that's why I cannot wait to see this matchup from the setters because they have so many weapons at their disposal, especially, especially ASW. I don't think that their weapons are necessarily as good, right? They don't have the bazookas that the uh, Hulk Bank do, but they have solid machine guns all around. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about weapons and Hawkbank's starting outside hitter is Nicolas Bruno, who hit 11 balls in five sets against Lube and hit negative efficiency. They, well, we've they also have two seen, we've weapons. Also seen not Bruno. We've all, yeah, 100%. They, they, they have those, those two weapons, without a doubt. But we have at times, not recently, but in the past five years, we've seen Bruno drop 25 point games for Argentina. We've seen him be there. Like he's, he's one of those players that doesn't need to be high scoring, but can be high scoring. Right. So, but I don't think like with, with Cleveno and Fornal and, and, and Boye slash Hadrava, imagine if we saw Hadrava in this series, how happy you'd be. Uh, um, you know, brutal. like, like they, they have solid everywhere. But like, if, if we're talking video game scores right here, especially in attacking, like Namir is a 90 for sure. Jayski is like, he's like a high, like he's maybe like an 87, 88, but his attacking scores are like up in the 95s. And the other, the other guys, I would say the other guys are all probably like like low to mid-80s. I think that Stefan Boyer is going to be the most important player in this series. Absolutely. Uh, if, if he, pl- like clean, again, clean volleyball. If, if Stefan Boyer does not give Lube levels of free points away, uh, I really, really like Yashemsky, and, and I'm going to pick him. Uh, I'm going to pick Yashemsky to win the series over Hawkman. Okay, I, I think I'm going to continue going to Hawk Bank on this one because I, I've I jumped on that bandwagon and as soon as they got into the playoffs and I, I'm going to ride with them for, for sure. I may not ride it with them uh, up against either the other two teams on the other side because, man, th- that Perugia versus Oxa, um semifinal is going to be outstanding, especially now that we know that Perugia has kinks in their armor, including a, a loss to a Milano last week. But I really think that Hulk Bank just they have that fire in them and I love that I, I love that fire they're a very fiery team every single game they've played in Champions League something crazy happens uh, it usually involves a lot of yelling at the ref and a lot of uh, challenges and replays and whistling from the fans and uh, tomorrow noon Eastern uh, on both Eurovolley TV CV YouTube uh, you can expect some more of the same it's gonna be really fun yeah that was gonna be a fun definitely if you aren't already in the Discord, make sure to get your butt in the Discord because you oh, yeah. know it's you know it's going to be popping off. Um, we've got some JW fans, we've got some some Turkish fans uh, stands in there, so it is going to be uh, a good one. Now, Rob, let's move on to the second game going down at three uh, thirty. Yeah, three thirty uh, Eastern time. Two thirty Zach- Eastern. Two two thirty. Yeah. Did, did did we switch back with the the clocks? Yeah, we did. I th- I think Europe just had daylight savings time. So, okay. uh, my score told me two thirty p. 
p.m. Eastern. So I'm going to hope that's right. But okay, I think this good. this might be my. I mean, we, we've I've already said it a couple times. It, it, the series in this Champions League, they just keep getting better. They keep getting better and better. And this one is everything that a volleyball fan could have dreamed of from of like three years of all the post-COVID storylines in club volleyball all lead up to basically this series right here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many storylines like Zaxa who has like, like remember their, their first championship, they had to go through like quite a gauntlet, right? Lube, and, Zeni Kazan, and then Trentino. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and then Trentino, they had a little bit easy, easier time last year, but wouldn't it be something if they were able to do the three-peat up against Perugia, who is undoubtedly the number one team in the world right now, even though they, did, they didn't win the Italian Cup, even though they lost to, to Milano um, in five last week, it doesn't matter. They're still the number one team in the world at, at the moment. Um, but on top of all that, you have Zoxa's son, if you will, the, the glory man of Zaxa now playing for Perugia. There's just so many beautiful storylines in this, and, and I cannot wait for it to go down. Yeah, reigning Champions League MVP Camille Semeniuk playing against his hometown team this series, and we've talked on the last couple shows, and it's, it's continued to go this direction, that Semeniuk for Perugia has not been particularly good. So no. will, we, will we even see him in this series? I mean, there's a decent chance that we won't because like what reasons would you have to bench Leon or Plotnitsky with how they've been playing? But we talked about it earlier about the way that teams prepare. Like there was a comment about maybe Corneliano didn't prepare very well for Fenerbahce. You better believe these two teams are going to prepare. Nobody prepares quite as well as Zaxa does. I think no. part of part of their success the last two Champions League was their just elite abilities to prepare for other teams and understand matchups that is a very high volleyball iq team and it is a team that has been there before uh they pick up bartosh bednor has been way through the year like amazing pickup but other than that everybody else has won champions league last year and a decent number of them won champions league the previous year so champions league success runs through this club as of the last couple of years they're the two-time defending champs for a reason if there is a team that i think might be able to beat perugia in the world in a two-match series it would be zaxa so i think this is going to be closer than anybody's come to really convincingly beating perugia this year if zaxa beat perugia it won't be in both matches right no, if they I do, agree. I think I think it's it's in two scenarios. Either uh, Perugia wins one of the games in three, and then they they win in three. Like, sorry, Perugia wins one of the games in five, and then they win in three or four, right? Where where they like the game where they only need to win the the the, the two sets. Um, and I think that if there's going to be a game that they can win in three or four, it'll be tomorrow at home, like playing at home in front of their home fans. We know what Polish fans are like. We know what Zaxa fans are like. That is going to be a rabid environment, or this one's going to, going to a golden set. I can oh, see hundred percent. How, how, like, how could it. you not, how could you, it, it would be, it would be outstanding. I could see a situation where Perugia just comes in and dominates tomorrow and really silences the, that crowd, especially the way that the team can serve, right? If they can serve tough on Bednors, who's definitely the weak chink in that armor when you've got Soji and Shlivka, like if they put that pressure on Bednors and, and he can't handle it, I do see Perugia taking the win away tomorrow in, in three in three or four and having like just a, a stranglehold on, on this series. 
because like they, they they are even though Piacenza beat them from the baseline, they are a very very one and one of the best serving teams no, on the men's they're, side. They're terrifying, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see in this series how fatigue plays a factor. They True. the Perugia is in the middle of a battle in the quarterfinals in the Scudetto, which has gone uh, not nearly as easily as they would have expected. Uh, they've got to play a match this weekend up to advance. We Everybody thought that they were going to beat Milano three times and not have to worry about a game four, but that hasn't been the case. And Zaxa, meanwhile, with all the makeup games that have needed to happen in the Plus Liga and as busy as that, that schedule is, uh, they've got their last weekend coming up this weekend. And, and Zaxa, as we'll talk about later, is going to have a very difficult playoff run as well. These two teams are playing a ton of volleyball. They're playing a lot of very meaningful, very draining games. It's a hard travel schedule. Which one is going to handle that part of it better? I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. That's where that's why I think maybe Perugia has a bit of a hand, like a, a bit of an advantage. A, they've played less matches this this season due to the crazy Plus Liga schedule. They did have the World Club Championships, but I mean that's that's so far in the past. But you've also had the ability to just sit one of your outsides. You've had the ability to sit your opposite consistently, right? And if one of them isn't working, you can go to the other one. To me, I don't see a scenario where you don't start Camille Semeniuk. Right? When really? You don't, absolutely. I don't care. I don't care about how good he's been recently because let's be honest, he has been bad. However, like he is still the reigning MVP of the Champions League. You're going back into his home arena for the first time. Maybe not start, but there's no chance that we don't see him. Right? Because if there's one player who knows how to play against Zaxa, it's the man who was Zaxa for two for a few years right the the, the their their son as i as i said like he he knows them so well he knows that system so well he knows that building so well and he's going to get invigorated by it to me there's no way that he doesn't play in this match absolutely no way if i'm the coach i i ha- i bring him in i have a chat with him tonight and we're like how are you feeling how are you doing and I want to look in his eyes like, are you ready? And there's no doubt in my mind that Camille Semeniuk looks at me with, you know, the fire of Hades in his eyes and goes, put me on the damn court, coach. If you don't have, have me on, I'm going to riot because he wants to play this game. You know he does. I hope so. I, I hope that we see it. It would be just must much watch volleyball as if it wasn't already. But how? what case can you make to bench Wilfredo Leon or Ole Plotnitsky with the way that they've been playing? Like Plotnitsky alone from the service line, I think, is, is a must play with how he's just dismantled teams from the baseline. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to do with that. But I do really like the point that you made that Perugia has a lot more depth than Zaxa does. A lot more. Not only do they have more options in this series if they need it, but they've had more options in the last several months. Uh, that the players don't have quite the, the the wear and tear of the season that Zaxa does. So I, I agree. I think that is a narrow advantage for Perugia. But that's why I think, you, you talking about Plotnitsky, that's why I think it's better to have him on the bench, right? If you, because like you, uh, to me, you have to start Semenyuk because of, of the situation, because of the stage that it's on, because of where you're playing. But if you have a, in your pocket uh, Ole Plotnitsky, who A, is used to coming off the bench, and, and, and is used to used to playing that role, who is has been a fantastic passer, right? He had four aces in his last match. Maybe not as offensively gifted, but we've seen Semenyuk kind of kind of struggle struggle a little bit. Um, 
it's it is going to be i think that having having plotnitsky in your pocket is having like an ace up your sleeve playing poker yep certainly helps same thing with herrera on the right side i would expect rikulski to start and then if he's mediocre or you need a, a little bit more of a lightning bolt you put the cuban lefty in see what happens i mean that's the that's the luxury that perugia has they've got three even you could argue four very capable middles they've got two liberos like they're they're ridiculous. There's a reason why they're the number one team in the world. So uh, tomorrow, two thirty Eastern in Poland, it goes down. Everett, who's your pick? Who do you got? Perugia. Like this team, this team was constructed for this. It was built for the Champions League. It was built to win championships. The Italian Cup doesn't matter. You know what matters? Champions League. You know where this team has choked the past few years? Champions League and, and the Scudetto playoffs, right? You can only focus on one at a time, and the first and foremost is, is Champions League because Zaxa is their biggest competition in this tournament. It doesn't, sure. matter who's on the, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the bracket. You know, this is like the CEV Cup. It doesn't matter for Scandici because they, they just beat the, the hardest team, right? <laughs> this, this is their hardest match right here because Zaxa is going to come in prepared. They're good. They know how to win. And and they can they can do it consistently. So this this to me, Perugia. There has never been a bigger series, has never been, been a bigger set of matches for Perugia in the club's entire history than these two right now. I completely completely agree that this this is a franchise defining series. And Absolutely. for the, and for that reason, I'm gonna pick against him. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm, I'm gonna pick Zaxa. You said it. Champions League is where Perugia has choked the last couple of years. And it's not just this team. It's been last year's team, too, was built to win every competition they played in. And they failed in every competition they played in except for last year's Italian Cup. They choked in Champions League. They choked in the Scudetto. Zaxa did not. (laughs) Zaxa overachieved each of the last two years with um, phenomenal talent, for sure. But not like Perugia. Not like Perugia, Zaxa's process, Zaxa's experience, Zaxa's, I think, fearlessness and embracing of the moment is something that I have a lot of faith in. And I think that it's proven itself the last couple of years. They're not scared of the Perugia matchup. I think they're one of the only club teams that can legitimately say that. And I'm... I, I don't want to use the C word. I don't want to put the, the I don't want to put the C word on Perugia in this potential series again. But we've seen it the last couple of years. Uh, there 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 might be in a in the in a franchise defining series a little bit of this going on. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, they're I not Polish, exactly. but don't put that don't don't put that on them. Well. Uh, <laughs> Yikes! When, I also think it's fun because we, we've all of these dramatic series. You and I have picked the opposite thing, so we'll see who's going to be right about that. this. I, I also just love that Zoxa team. I think they're awesome, and I think that they're ready for it. One thing I will say though, if Perugia loses loses this match, this team is going to get blown up. Oh yeah, right. If oh, yeah. Perugia loses this match, I see Leon leaving his contract. Yep, I agree. Right, like to me, there's there's no way that they. That, like this is this is do or die. Yeah, this right? is it. this is this is like year two for the Miami Heat right here. Yep, this is oh, it, yeah. and it's 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 going to be a treat. So, two thirty Eastern tomorrow. Uh, absolute must watch match. Put it on your calendar. Stop what you're doing. Cancel your plans, and uh, and get in the Discord to to talk about it while it's going on because this match of the year potential stuff right here. Oh, without without a doubt.
this this is is definitely going to be i think both of these have the potential to be absolute fire i could see the the first game having a load of cards and this one just being like two heavyweights banging away at each other it's going to be awesome so uh yeah get in the discord all this cv stuff is going to be great also going down tomorrow the first leg of modena versus nakru solar in the cv cup final if you watch that over zoxa versus perugia uh don't I, ever I, watch this show again don't ever don't, watch the show again Leave don't the come Discord. In. Even if you're a Modena fan, right? I, I, I don't care. Tommy, Burkai, I know you guys are Modena stands. Then you have kind of off to the side and, and you watch um, the game. Like if, you've got two, if, you, if you've got two, yes, it, it's for sure. Well, if you've got two games on and the, the sound isn't on the Perugia Zoxa game, you're, you're nuts. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm I'm excited. It's like it it's tingling inside. I know, dude. It's gonna be so awesome. It's, I, I, it, I I cannot wait. Yeah, the this one is is going to be it, a, a, absolute absolutely bananas. I love that we're on either side of this. Uh, it is going to be fun. Very fun. All right, so I think that's it for CV. A lot going on. That was a lot of good discussion. We'll have plenty to talk about on next week's show. But ever before we turn our attention to the domestic leagues, what are you wearing over there? It's a nice, nice, uh, nice looking shirt you got on. You know what looks good? It feels good. It's soft. Um, and it's our merch. So if you want to support us, this is the best way to do it. Head over to thatvolleyball.store. You can go check it out. Buy some of our merch. And you can check out all the other great things that we have there over there to, to offer on uh, thatvolleyball.store. And use the promo code SPICY, all caps, uh, for 15% off. We still got that going, right? Oh, absolutely. I think we might just, just keep it in perpetuity for, for all of our good friends Ooh. here uh, who, who, who watch, watch this show. Yeah. Um, and come on, Burkai, if you have the sound on for the Modena game, because you know there's not going to be a commentator, right? No. Why would know, the, no. No. I mean, but then again, given the, some of the commentary we've had recently, um, <sighs> if it's Louis or, or, or um, Keith Michael, then... It, it's acceptable but otherwise don't do it yeah i don't know who they're gonna put on the perugia game tomorrow but i have a feeling i'm not gonna like it be well, us. Uh, <laughs> no i wish well let's uh get in the discord the link to the, to the discord's in the description of the video here if you're not already uh it's it's the the best online volleyball community by far and you're gonna want to get in that especially for tomorrow's games yeah it's, it's gonna be awesome all, all right moving right move. along you want to do italy yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have to jump into Italy because there has been not one, but two games uh, since we last talked. All series are sitting at 2-1 right now. We have four teams. I was hoping that at this point we could at least have a chat about you know, one team had had one because these are all best of five series. But as Rob and I were talking about before the show, last Wednesday was one of the best days of volleyball we've had in a long time. Awesome. Three of the four games going five. It was unreal. Um, first, let's just go down some of the results from that day. Milano beating Perugia 3-2 in five. Ridiculous match. Verona taking a 2-0 lead over Lube with a 3-2 win over, over the defending champs. Um, Modena going up 2-0 in their series with a 3-2 win over Piacenza, the Italian Cup chance. And then Monza even things up against an at like a, a, a Trentino squad that was in a tough spot with some with some this um, and then these this week's matches weren't as good um, but basically pretty much everything flipped the switch like, it, it, everything went back Perugia won Lube 
one. Trentino, one. Pienza, one. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Wednesday was an awesome day. Like the, those those four matches were phenomenal, and really the the least exciting one was Monza, like the seven seed beating the two. And it, we'll, we'll talk about that series in a bit. I think we should talk about it like series by series. So we yep. we're, so we're not here for last three <laughs> hours. Uh, let's yep. let's start with the with the the Milano Perugia series because this was the one that we all, we all expected to be three to zero, but uh, on the shoulders of Osniel Mercarejo, who is phenomenal. And Agustin Loser from the service line. Milano beats Perugia in a match at home and five on Wednesday. So they're at least on the board in the series. My take on this one was Perugia was asleep for two games. They, they like didn't get off the bus, expected they were going to win no problem. Milano, to their credit, took a 2 nothing lead. Perugia figured it out. They forced the fifth. But in a fifth, anything can happen. And, and Milano won. Is, is that a similar reaction to what you had? Yeah, absolutely. I do think that this with Mil- this with this Milano team, they have the ability to dig deep um, and and just go for it. Like through and through, this roster is actually quite good, um, and they have the ability to to kind of beat any team. But I don't know if they consistently. I thought Yuki Ichikawa was fantastic in game number one. Has kind of slowed down a little bit since then, but Aguirre was fantastic uh, for this team. Mateo Piano was as well. Um, he hit a 71%, 5 for 7, and added 4 blocks. So he was a big presence in the middle. 14 blocks overall uh, for Milano. 14 blocks as well um, for Perugia, with 7 coming for Leon. And that, that to me, that was the big story. This team was Leon and no one else. Semenyuk struggled coming off the bus. He was 4 for 9. Um, no, it's four, 4 for 13. Uh, and then got subbed off. Plotnitsky wasn't all the better. He was 5 for 11. Um, with four aces, but they just they just couldn't figure it out. Um, Richlicky or Herrera started the match. He wasn't great. Then they went to Richlicky. He was all right, tw- twelve for twenty-one. But still, you could just tell that Milano wanted this win so bad. But I really think that they just they emptied the tanks to get that win on, on, on last Wednesday. I I totally agree, and I think that's kind of what we saw in the second leg. Uh, Perugia responded from a blow with a counter blow of their own. Uh, the second set was very, very good. And if, if, um, cause Milano took the first, if Perugia had lost that second set in overtime, there would have been uh, legitimate fire alarms going on inside that organization. If they were, if they went down two to one in this series, uh, we would certainly have a lot to talk about, but uh, they were clutched late in the second set and then didn't look back from there. Uh, Ole Plotnitsky was great. Uh, Wilfredo Leon was not so great, uh, but mm-hmm. this is the, the nice thing that they have is you can pick, like two outside hitters out of a hat and put in a world-class one off the bench when you need to. So um, nice yeah. for, for Perugia there, but I agree with you. I think Milano, they, they, they will look back on Wednesday's game that they won as one of the highlights of their season. But unfortunately I don't see another one of those happening. Yeah. We've seen this from Milano all year long where they come through with a few random, fantastic games um, and then they just kind of fade away in, into to existence a, after that. They just don't have, they're so good. They're very good everywhere, but they just don't have that one athlete that can really pull them up uh, and out. Whereas if you look at Perugia, they have like five, <laughs> yeah, they have so many of them. even, even, even six when you consider <laughs> um, Gianelli in Gianelli, there as well. That's exactly what I was just about to say. The setter disparity in this series is an absolute joke. It is a joke. How much better Gianelli is than Paolo Poro. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's, eh, yeah, I mean, even in the Italian death chart, Poro is, (laughs) he's, he's still just that little boy who wears a jersey that's way too big for him. 
Yeah, I'll never forget how he was swimming in that mode in a jersey when he was the backup a couple of years ago. <laughs> All right. So but my question about this one, though, Everett, like we, we talked about Perugia. They're playing uh, maybe the match of the year tomorrow in Champions League. They're going to have to turn around on Sunday, go to Milano on the road again and potentially get this series done. I think on talent alone, they're going to be able to do that. But that is a lot of volleyball that they're playing. Is that a concern for you? A little bit, yeah. A, a little bit. I, I I do think that that does give like just not having to travel, right? Not having to to play a game, getting to rest does give advantage Milano in that one specific category. But when you look at everywhere else, it's still it, it it's still advantage Perugia, right? But um, to me, that's not necessarily something that's going to hurt them now, but maybe down a little bit further down the season. But once again, we've talked about how this team has just so many options that, you know, they cannot have the best player in the world in their last match and still win 3-1. Yeah, must be nice, huh? Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I, I expect to be talking about a next week's show that uh, Perugia's on to the semifinals as we've expected all year. So uh, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Let's move on. Uh, this series has been extremely good. Verona versus Lube in the 4-5 series. The match on Wednesday was just awesome. Uh, Verona at home in front of an amazing crowd wins it in five to go up two to zero in the series. Uh, but then Lube turns it around and pretty convincingly uh, wins at home three to zero. We were talking before the show, Everett. Lube has been doing some pretty weird stuff. Alex Nikolov has almost zero passing attempts in the last two matches, but he is lining up as a full-time outside hitter. They're doing some very interesting stuff in moving things around with Zaitsev stepping in the serve received despite lining up as the opposite and freeing up Nikolov to just focus on attacking balls. And at least on Sunday, it actually kind of worked for him. And there's also certain rotations where Zaitsev's playing in six and Nikolov's playing in one and Nikolov's hitting a C-ball and Zaitsev's hitting out, out of the pipe. Like, it's it's very interesting Weird. what they're doing yeah. right now. Almost but, Trentino-like from last year. Yeah, almost. But it, it's kind of working. Zaitsev's passing hasn't been terrible. Um, it's it's actually been pretty good. It's been better than better than Nikolov's. To me, it's kind of a, a question of why aren't you bringing in Botolo? Because whenever we've seen Botolo, he's been their best pa- passer this, this season uh, consistently and offensively he might be able to get it done as, as Nikolov but to me Nikolov isn't putting up like phantom oh I guess he did score 25 five points this weekend and he did go holy crap Nikolov went 21 for 25 this weekend not bad <laughs> not bad that's ridiculous he had no errors and went 21 for 25 and had four aces that is outstanding yeah, for someone who's under 20 years old that's unbelievable that's, that's got to be the best match of his career wow that that is ridiculous whereas Zaitsev Zaitsev was still a pretty damn good nine for 15 Lube hit 67 percent as a team yeah, on on Sunday Going to win a lot of games that way I wonder what uh, what Verona's passing numbers were like you know actually they not weren't that terrible bad. Not they weren't they weren't terrible. And like once again, Kagini is getting the most targets, right? <sighs> Namori Keita is hands down like statistically the worst pass passer on this team. 45% positive, which is all right, 15% uh perfect, um, which is decent. But yeah, like I I, I don't know what's going what's going on here and why Lube isn't just overloading on Namori Keita. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Why aren't teams just doing that? It seems like a pretty easy trick for beating Verona. But uh, again, I think I said last week that with Saposhkov, Mosic, and Keita as your three out-of-system attack options, um, you don't have to. All, all, literally, all you have to do in reception is touch the ball and keep it in play, and you'll be able yeah, to make 100%. something out of it. 
Um, yeah. 27 yeah. points for Shaposhkov in that win on Wednesday, 24 Keita. But, Rob, my big question is, can Lube pull this off? Can they pull off the reverse series sweep? They were down 2-0. They were on the ropes. Did they get it done? Was it at? No, they they, they were at home on yep. on on uh, on Sunday. They go back to Verona for the next two matches. Can they get the job done? And can they pull off an improbable come from behind sweep? Not the next two matches. They are the four seed. They are the higher seed. So if, oh, it, if right. it goes you're to right. match five, it'll be at, in Chivinova. They did this last year. Lube in the semis last year went down 2-0 to Trentino before bringing that series back to win it in five. And we talked about it, it was really Trentino collapsing and a very different Lube team. But it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, it's it's kind of all about this this wing situation for Lube. We've talked about it a lot this year in, in Italy and in Champions League, which they they lost to Hawkbank in the last round. They're very hit or miss with how their wings perform, and there isn't really a rhyme or reason to when they're good, when they're not. Uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see just what Lube chooses to do. Like a point in the chat, like a good move from Blangini to hide Nikolov in reception in five five of the rotations is just let him hit balls, and then promptly he goes 21 for 25. If Verona wants to win this series, they must do it this weekend. Verona cannot allow this series to go to match five. They must win it at home. They must do that. Otherwise, I would absolutely, if Lube gets it done this weekend and forces match five, I would pick Lube for sure to advance. Especially with the way that the Verona crowds have been this year. Like, to me... Watching Super League over the past number of years now, Verona's just kind of been sleepy. You know, they get some good crowds sometimes, but this year they have been something else. They've yeah, really, awesome. really, truly gotten behind this team, and they've had one of the best crowds in the Super League. So if they can't get it done here, uh, I, we might as well just give this series to Lube. Right? And like this is a this is an organization that knows how to win with still some athletes on this team that know how to win. Right? You still have Decheco who, you know, he's a sleepy bear and it's it's springtime, so he's he's woken up from hibernation by, by now, right? I think it's about and, that time you think, think, think somebody uh, hey, got him to shed some of that weight off hibernation? <laughs> absolutely. You know, uh, Oro is, is running him through his, his paces uh, at, at home. Um, <laughs> take, that, take that as you will. Um, but, I mean, hey, 67% for the Lube team in the last match. You have to think that this is going to be a dangerous team and Verona, it would be a shame if their if their season would end that way for it to all come crashing down. But part of me wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Especially when you still employ Radostin Stoichev to coach your team for some reason. Uh, yes, that so that game is Saturday, right? That's the only one that's on Saturday for match four. Yes, that game is gonna is going to be on Saturday. Big um, whereas as all of the other three matches are going to be on Sunday. Yep. So a uh, big one there. I, I'm, I'm, I definitely think that Verona's best chance to win the series is at home on Saturday. Uh, next series is one that I don't really think we have to spend that much time on. It's Trentino versus Monza. Uh, Monza gets a nice four-set win uh, at home this past Wednesday. But the, the, the obvious asterisk was no Micheletto, no Pedrasianin, and hardly any Lavia for Trentino. There was a, a sickness bug that kind of swept through the locker room. So... Um, we saw Zavaronuk and Kaziski on the left side, and we saw Gabrielli Nelly on the right side. And that is not a recipe that's going to win you any games. So uh, Monza yeah. obviously was had to get that one done. 
But then um, all was right with the world as Trentino got most of its players back on s- this past Saturday, and they beat they beat Monza no problem. And Monza just didn't look all that good. No, they didn't look all that good at all. Grozier was not good to say the least. He was four for nineteen. Four for 19 with minus minus efficiency. He got blocked three times and added three unforced errors. Only one ace and and one block. Um, It was interesting to me, though, that why didn't they go to Arthur Schwartz? Like, they didn't start him until the fourth. He made an appearance briefly in in the second. You got to do that sooner. You got to do that sooner. Because when they did bring him in, right, he was eight for 15. He had he had more more points than Grozier in a set and, and a little because he just came in as as a blocking sub in, in that second set than Grozier did in three sets. Um, it has like, that to me is a big coaching mistake. And I mean, I know Grozier is the guy who's got you there, but like we saw with with Leon in the Milano matchup, if your guy doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Right, he was outstanding for them on Wednesday. It's a quick turnaround. Um, in terms of in terms of professional ball, just just pull him out because yeah. like Mar had a decent game. He, he was all right. He was getting tossed a lot of junk. He was at twelve for thirty three. Davisquiva was was pretty good as well. Fourteen for twenty eight um, with four aces. But to me, you could tell that Trentino was just feeling it. Five aces for Matej Kaczynski uh, in this one. They hit fifty three percent as a team. Seventeen for thirty for Micheletto. Um it was it was impressive for for Trentino's side, and I would like to see Monza push a little back. They are going home on Sunday, but they're going to need a much much better game out of uh, Gregor Grozier um, to even have a shot at this one. Agreed. I mean, Trentino's better than Monza. That that's just the kind of the fact of the matter. And Monza had a pretty nice chance in the first match of this series. They almost pulled off of a reverse sweep, and that would have made things a little bit different here. But um, I, I, Trentino's just better than Monza. They're they're more talented. They have more experience. And uh, Monza has been very fun to watch. This is a pro Monza podcast for sure with our Canadian friends, and it's great to see Kachopa back. But um, it, it wasn't particularly good the other day. So uh, Monza's got their backs against the wall for sure. I, I like Trentino to get that series done. And last but not least, Everett, my personal favorite series so far, Modena and Piacenza has just been awesome. Another five-set thriller Another five set thriller on uh, last Wednesday. It was as good as we've seen Irvin Ingepet play all year. Um, there was that one crazy play that went viral on Instagram of, of like a, a kick save and some crazy defense. And then he like reverse karate chopped the ball in the fifth set score point, which is just phenomenal. So uh, Modena wins another five-setter to go up two to zero. But then Piacenza responds in a big, big way. Uh, pretty close, but still a three-dong uh, to keep the series alive. Yeah, absolutely. Moza, Monza's offense last Wednesday was so much fun to watch. Uh, they were so efficient. Um, like Piacenza did get 10 blocks, but they only had five uh, unforced errors. Um, 57% overall uh, was Modena. It was a classic Bruno performance. As you said, Engapeth was just unreal. He was 19 for 32, um, 20 points overall, 21 points for Addis Lagumja, who I have to really tip my cap to. This is a man who I've kind of clowned in the past. You know, he wasn't that strong long term. He couldn't last an entire season. Well, this man has just gotten better throughout the season. So it's been tip, really good. He has been really good. And it has been so much, so much fun to watch him uh, be so consistent. Um, but when you look at the 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 return match um, in Modena, 
at, at home in front of the home crowd. You have the chance to clinch the series and you get three donged by Piacenza. And I mean, they were bad offensively. They only hit yeah. 38% uh, as a team. That's and not the, good. And the efficiency was even worse. Yeah, it was, just, it was just a bad game for Modena. Tommaso Rinaldi was brutal, uh, with the exception of the service line where he had four aces. But offensively, he was downright awful. Um, they weren't all that good in just about any other area. It was far from Lagumja's best game. So um, you, you, that, that's fine. That's fine. You won two five-setters. You won one on the road. Um, Modena is in a good position to get um, to move forward in the series. Piacenza is a good team. They're, they're obviously going to punch back. But um, again, the question is this weekend in Piacenza, um, can they extend the series a little bit further? I think that's, uh, I mean, obviously it's a key match, but I, I, th- I think it could really be a, a season-defining moment for Modena if they can win that one on the road. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't see Piacenza having the consistency like potentially uh, Lube could to be able to come from that that two nothing deficit. Um, I definitely see Modena bouncing back. Um, although they do have the CEV Cup match this week, so that True. does add another match to their schedule. And this is not a young roster. Um, no, you know, it's with, not with, with with Daddy and Engapeth and Bruno. Um, this, it was my pleasure, is... by the way, to put Daddy on the thumbnail for this week's show, and I think I might just have to keep him there. I, th- I think he's our. We need we need more daddy. Imagine no. What we, what we need to do is we need to add daddy to the other side so that he's like the third. Oh, he's host behind us. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 behind us. Maybe with like a bit of a halo, like he's God oh. or something. Well, he is. Uh, I think what I might do is like randomly hide Daddy Stankovich in one of our assets, like a, a random one of the assets during the show, just like hide him in there, and everybody has to find where he is. <laughs> I think that might. Be I love idea. that. I, I love that idea very much. I I think that's really good. Okay, um, let's let's let's, let's definitely do that. Yeah. Um, All right, Super League of Playoffs this weekend. Yeah, Saturday, uh, Verona versus Lube. Sunday, the rest of them. Uh, there's a chance that all those series will be over. There's also a chance that they'll all go to match five. So that'll be electric. We'll catch up on it next week. Real quick, no, before we, we go on, let's go through this. Rob, is Perugia winning the series this weekend or not? Yes. Yes, I, and I agree. Is Verona winning the series this weekend or not? Yes, I think they will. I, th- I think I think they will too. Ultimately, at home, is Trentino winning the series this weekend? Or yes, not? they are. Yes, you're, you're right. Is Piacenza, or sorry, is Modena winning this series this weekend or not? I'm going to say no. I think this is the one series that's going to go match five, or at least I at least I hope so. Okay, we are at odds for all the Champions League, but we're on the same page for all, all the Super League. I hundred percent agree, especially with Modena having to play that CEV Cup match this weekend. Uh, th- th- this week, just adding something onto an already packed schedule for them, and Piacenza is going to want some revenge, and they're going to want to do it at home too. P- Piacenza playing five D chess to lose in CEV Cup, so they don't have to play that match, and Modena will, so that Piacenza can be fresher. For imagine, the imagine if they had to play each other this weekend too. We just had straight up Modena versus Piacenza all the way through. What could have been? Oh, what been. could have been? That you didn't would have been blow awesome. it to a Belgian team in a golden set. Unbelievable. How dare yeah. you rob the fans of great volleyball? Well, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Good stuff going on this weekend. Uh, volleyball World TV for all those games. Getting the Italy channel of the Discord. Speaking of the Italy channel in the Discord, let's catch up on the Lega Volley Femminile. Uh, they've got two games left now in the regular season. Only real notable results. Uh, only a couple. Uh, Mal- Malonza beating Novara stuck out to me. Um, Novara was not good. They passed the ball terribly. And uh, we saw kind of the, the renaissance of Magdalena Stisiak, who came off the bench and was super good. 
But the only other match was the relegation battle of Pinarola versus Macerata head-to-head. Pinarola gets two points. And as we look at the standings now with two matches left to play and with two teams getting relegated, we can officially say goodbye to Macerata. They are a one-and-done this year. They will be relegated. Um, Pinarola and Perugia are one point apart for that second relegation spot. Yeah, that was definitely a big one there. Uh, a big win for Pinarolo over Maturata. If they could have got it done, they did go down 0-2, which is massive. Wow. Um, and, and they came back to basically save their season. Because uh, if they had lost in three there, they would have had 14. Ma- Maturata would have had would have had 13. So it would yeah. have been it would have been that those two teams definitely getting definitely getting relegated. Um, but yeah, v- very very interesting. Uh, for me, Busto continuing to win busto getting a win over casa maggiore that was a now big they're one. On, that was Three a big points. one especially since this team like this was a team that was sitting in like 10 or 11th and we were talking about possible relegation for busto early in the season and they've really turned things around carly lloyd has been fantastic um i mean hey she gives a kid comes back looks even better in in some ways so big big ups to her i i did watch the cuneo uh versus was it Scandici matchup? Yeah, Cuneo yeah. got a point. I was surprised. They they looked good. They just kind of fell apart uh, a little bit in the fifth, but Cuneo looked really, really good. It just kind of reminds you about how good uh, the Lega Volley Feminili is top to bottom, right? Anyone it can is beat really any, good. Anyone can beat anyone in, at, at, at any time, and this is why all our Turkish fans who are watching right now won't be happy to hear me say this, but I do still think that the Lega Volley Feminili is the top league in the world. Nothing against the fact that you guys have, you know, the top top three teams of the Champions League. That is absolutely fantastic for Turkish women's volleyball. And I love that they come onto the scene like this. But once you get past those top five teams, past maybe six when you're looking at, you know, THY, um, Fener- or Galatasaray, maybe Nulifer yeah, as, yeah. as, as, as well in there, past that it really goes down quite a bit. And there's quite a few matches that you can just play, roll your bench out. Whereas that is not the case in the Lega Volley Feminili, top to bottom. It's it's the best league. Just that the cream at the top of the Sutanlai uh, League right now might be a little bit better. I, I think that's well said. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, the Lega Volley Feminili still is the best league in the world, top to bottom. Um, and a couple other things in the standings here. So two matches left. They play 26 games that were through game 24. Cuneliano has clinched the one seed. They are eight points clear of Scandici with two games left to play. Left to play. So um, they, they can chill for a couple games. Um, Cuneliano does have Macerata this weekend, who, and Macerata has nothing to play for anymore. So um, they'll probably continue to rack up points. It's starting, that, that line between eight and nine is starting to get drawn in a, a little bit of darker ink at this point. Busto and Bergamo both five points clear of Firenze in ninth. And Firenze yeah. this weekend with their season on the line has to play Malonza, followed yeah. by Scandici in the last week. And they, they yeah. basically have to get six points there. I don't see it. No, me neither. Belgamo does play Scandici this weekend. Uh, and next weekend they are going up Casa Maggiore. So it's not easy for Bergamo either. But they just need to hold, right? right, right. Getting Even getting one point, right? If, if I mean, Firenze, if they don't... Um, 
one point rent- one point would do it if Bergamo got one point in their last two matches uh they would be That's safe because yeah if, even if Firenze got six uh Bergamo would have them on tiebreakers and Bergamo hasn't been all that good lately uh they've no. lost a couple head scratchers and I would think they would put up a more of a fight in the games that than they have but uh they've they, they had a, a very good early season and they're coasting and they're kind of the opposite of Busto who had a rough early season they've been way better since so even though those two teams are tied in points and basically every other number um two different teams right now heading in two different directions even though they both probably will make the playoffs looking at the busto schedule though they have milano malonza which okay that that is going to be uh, a little bit difficult and wait that's in the last week yeah they and have cuneo they, this, this week this weekend yeah they have they have cuneo do they have the ability to catch casual majore do they have do they have the ability to get out of sixth or out of seventh into sixth because you would much rather play, in my opinion, much rather play Malonza than have to play Scandici. I agree. Uh, I, I think that is possible. Like uh, Busto certainly could and probably will beat Cuneo. The thing is that Casa Maggiore has Pinarolo this week. True. And Pinarolo True. is not good, although now they have kind of a newfound life in their season, so you never know what happens there. But uh, Casa Maggiore is better than Pinarolo. So they've, they've got an easy schedule and then Castle Majori has Bergamo last. Bergamo in the last, yeah. Very interesting kind of three-team race there, six, seven, eight, yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I kind of see it staying how it is, though, if I had to guess. Yeah, me me too. Um, yeah, and I, I, I see that as well. I mean, I think any team is motivated not to be an eighth. For right? sure. You don't want to be in eighth because you don't have a, a even a sniff of a chance up against a Canigliano who doesn't have the added um, stressors of Champions League and is just fully focused on winning the Scudetto. Yeah, I'll see if Not I can the be a... the championship. Why does the women's side have cool a cool name? Yeah, the Scudetto is a cool name. Uh, we might as well just call it Scudetto. Maybe it is called Women's Scudetto. Some somebody Italian in the chat help us out with that. Um, yeah, Caneliano, maybe they can take a silver lining away from getting dusted in Champions League by uh, winning everything they can in Italy. So we'll see. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it would be a good story for line, line for them. And for sure. I mean, I still want Firenze to, to win. My heart is still for them, but I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> I think the, the the math is a little against them at this point. So uh, yeah, games this weekend. We'll 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 check it out next week as they go into the last week of the season. See if anything changes. Speaking of the last week of the season, the Plus Liga Everett. They have finally caught up with all their crazy games. I think today there are people talking in the Poland channel in the Discord. There's like, why is there no Plus Liga today? It's like the first day in like three weeks that there haven't been any matches being played. But um, every every team in the Plus Liga has now played 29 matches. We've actually got a couple who have played 30. So Stal Nissa and uh, Barkom Lviv from Ukraine, their, their regular seasons are over. And what's interesting about these standings, Everett, is that going into the last weekend, there's not really that much drama. Like the playoff field is set. Like Nissa has clinched. Lublin can't catch him. So we know yep. the eight playoff teams. We know that Bielsko Biawa is getting relegated. What we don't know, and we know like six, seven, and eight are locked. Like Gdansk is locked in sixth, Olsen in seventh, Sal Nissa in eighth. What we don't know is the top five. Those top three, Rosovia, JW, and Zabierce, and then four versus five, Zaxa versus Warsawa. It's probably going to come down this weekend to who gets home field in that quarterfinal series. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really too bad that those two teams are playing in the quarterfinals because they've been so good in the second half season. Of course, Zaxa adding Bednorsh just adds another weapon. Uh, Vorsova, like when's the last time they lost? It's been like 
been months. They're on like been, 13, 14 months in a row at this point. I, they haven't even lost in, in 2023. They've been so good. Um, it's been the return of Arthur Schaupuk, who was getting clowned last season and uh, this summer for uh, when he wasn't anywhere near the, the national team. I think he may have, it just adds way more depth to, to that Polish roster. It's it's somewhat ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they can't it be is a ridiculous. final. Um, <laughs> it's, it's true. You have so much good. You like you have some of the best players in the world and yet you, you can't get it done. You consistently choke. So that it's, and it's, yeah, I'm not saying it from a vindictive point either. Like I'm saying like, it's ridiculous because I love watching getting to watch Poland uh, last year at nations league was, was fantastic. But I do think that for, for these two teams, Zach said does hold um, the advantage. You do have to play Strebsky. Um Vorsova takes on uh, Gdansk. So not an easy team because it's a team just below them in, in the playoffs as, as well. But you know, that, that Zubchips, or JW versus uh, Zaxa match is going to be good. That one's going to be at Saturday at, at 2.30. Here's the thing, though. Varshava's playing Gdansk, yeah. Gdansk can't move. Gdansk yeah. is locked into sixth. If Varshava gets three points and Zaxa loses, then even though Zaxa and Varshava will play in the quarterfinal, home court advantage is a big deal there. And if Varshava wins and Zaxa loses to JSW, which they could, Varshava could take home court advantage. They could take the four seed. And I, I kind of think that Zaxa might punt. I think that Zaxa having to play Champions League this Wednesday and then next Tuesday, I think that Zaxa might punt that JSW game. I mean, there's not... They, they have, like, they, they, what, what's the home, point? Home court advantage. Uh, is that more important than Champions League, though? I don't really think so. I'm I'm curious to see. Maybe I'll shoot Eric Shoji a text and see if they have have already had some discussions about this. But I could easily he, see he's not, he's not answering you until Thursday or tomorrow after the match. Right, I'm he's certainly, in for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not not, not going to bother him until after the Champions League match. But uh, like we've actually seen it from Zaxa the last week or two. They they went on a big road trip. They had like two away matches far away in Poland. They played the bench for both of them and they won anyway. So they're definitely not above doing that. Like Samelvo is strategizing that way. And I, I could definitely see um, Zaxa giving a, a couple of the key players a rest against JSW because it's not as important as Champions League is. So we'll see. Uh, rasovia has got the inside track to the one seed for sure. All they need is a point against Katowice, which would be no problem. And then uh, Zavierce versus Kuparam, you would think that would be three points for them. So maybe they jump JW for the two seed. Uh, we'll see. So I think the last games of the season are Sunday, maybe Monday. Let's see. Uh, Monday. Last, there are a couple meaningless games on Monday to close out the Polish regular season. Yeah, and man, when's the last time we saw Scraw not make the playoffs? That's it's been that's a while. Crazy. It's been yeah. a while. And so they'll, they'll jump right into the quarterfinals after that. That'll be a best two out of three series. And the reason I bring that up is there, there was rumblings in the Discord that maybe next year the Plus League for the playoffs might be moving to that Champions League-style two-match series format, which I hate. I really so hope dumb. that's not true. So dumb. I, I understand why you do it for Champions League because you need a consistency of schedule, right? right. You, need to be, you need to be able to, to, to do it that way. Um, but it would be just so silly for you to do the playoffs because, like, especially for like TV ratings and, and whatnot, that there's nothing better than a game five. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I, I don't I think that, that I don't that. think that set score should matter in the playoffs and in your domestic playoffs. It, the only thing that should matter is if you win the match, I think that should be the only thing that matters. And if you bring like points and, and golden sets into play, you also might bring in that meaningless game that we see in champions league, a decent amount. And if a team's season is going to end like that, I think that's the worst thing you can possibly do. So I really hope that rumor is not true, but something tells me that it probably is. Yeah, 100%. Especially because, like, I also hate the chintziness of only having to win two sets. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, not, it's not fun. I, oh, I, a I, comment from a Polish fan in the chat. Plus Liga is best of five in every series this year. Uh, which which is crazy. So the same thing that Italy is doing. Um, they're playing. Kind of like that. I, I kind of like it too. It's just so many matches for Poland. I feel bad for them. They've had to play so much. I, I love how we say that so many matches, and yet, like in the NBA and the NHL here, it's games like best of seven. Yeah, they play eighty-two regular season yeah. games, and in baseball they play one hundred and sixty-eight. One hundred and sixty-two, but then then they don't have the national team crap to deal with. That's another conversation entirely. But uh, that, that that's cool. I mean. Ver- Zaxa versus Vershava in a five-game series. I actually now I could see Zaxa punting on Saturday in the Plus League even more if uh, if you still can get probably two games at home no matter what. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, oh, tough, tough, tough decisions here for Zaxa. Let's see if our insider Eric Shoji can give us any information. <laughs> I will hit him up after they beat Perugia tomorrow. Ooh, okay, we'll see. We'll okay, see. I'm on the record. All right, let's let's move on really quick. Talk about the Bundesliga. Their playoffs are underway, and a couple nice results uh, in the first games of the quarterfinals. One an upset: a uh, Gießen beats Friedrichshafen uh, yes. in five. Good one there, and some interesting stuff with Lundberg beating Netzhoppers in their first game, three to one. But talk about the lineups, Everett. Uh, we we did mention this a couple weeks ago. What's going on with Lundberg's uh, middle position? Tell us about this. Well, it's it's interesting because you know Lundberg's middle position has been just chock full of Canadians. He had Pierce Shanko, Jordan Snitzer, and Xander Ketrzynski. Now, historically, Ketrzynski has been a right side. That's what we saw play at Ryerson. That's what we've seen him play in the past few seasons in pro in Qatar uh, and in Austria. This summer, he moved into the middle for the B team. He did a fantastic job. job. Opposite to that, you have Lucas Massa, who, playing for Germany this summer, we saw him play in the middle, but we were told that he would prefer to play on the right side. Now, Personally, I don't necessarily like Lucas Masta on the right side. He doesn't have a right side approach. He doesn't see the game. He looks awkward at times. His shoulder, his arm swing just aren't that good. But in the middle, he is a big boy. He floats (laughs) very, very well. Like he can get up there. He has a high contact point. He is very, very hard to stop. And he moves laterally so well for, for good blocking. So what we've seen recently is they've switched the two. They've put Xander on the right side, put Massa in the middle. Uh, they run Massa and Schnitzer in the middle, and they have been really, really good. I think Massa went like six for nine um, this weekend. Yeah, he was six for nine with with two blocks, whereas Ketrzynski was very, very good. He was 11 for 32, wasn't fantastic offensively, but added four blocks and two aces uh, for Lundberg. And uh, it was a it was a good match all around. I, I checked this one out. There's the one clip of that unreal rally. Oh, uh, that rally that was, that was late late in the fourth set, and it was so much fun to watch. Uh, Canadian By- Byron Katarakis, who's the setter for um, 
for Nets hoppers kicked the ball up at, at one point uh, and it was just back and forth, but gotta, gotta give it to Lundberg. They used to have one of the worst gyms in the Bundesliga and in pro volleyball, that new gym that they have is so nice and they pack it. You can just tell it's an atmosphere. Um, this is the, they're the number one, two ranked team right now. And and they're looking good, especially with Giesen beating Friedrich Schaffen. And they did so without um, the, uh, of Trimetta, currently suffering quad injury uh, as, a, as a slight tear in his quad. So we saw him a little bit in, in that one. I don't know if Giesen can kind of pull it off. I think it's a three-game series in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm not sure uh, if Giesen can pull it off. Um, They would have to go like win the next one. I guess it would be at home, so that's that's pretty good. But still, big win, big win for them. Otherwise, Durin beating Hershing, Berlin beating Unterhaching. That those don't really matter. We're going to see both those teams uh, win. Uh, absolutely, but it would be very, very interesting for Giesen to beat Friedrichshafen right after Friedrichshafen signed uh, Labadou to a multi-year contract. It would be interesting. So yeah, that right side of the bracket, uh, especially if Friedrichshafen were to go down, you would think that would open up a pretty nice path for Lundberg to go to the finals. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Bundesliga. Obviously, Bounce House, the best broadcast in volleyball. Check that out on Twitch. Um, quickly talk about this. This is the best. So good. So Let's quickly talk about the LNV. Their playoffs are set in France. We talked about this last week that we knew the eight teams. Now we know the seeds. We've got Tours versus Montpellier, Narbonne versus Torquang, Nantes versus Set, and Chaumont versus San Nazaire. So great uh, quarterfinals getting underway here pretty shortly. I don't know that much about most of these teams. I know where the Americans are, um, but that, that's about it. I, know the, I also know that Kyle Russell led the league in aces this year, so good for him. Yeah, I, I mean, very interesting. Montpellier won the league last year. They started terrible i terrible. think they, they lost their first five matches this season so the fact that they were pull, be able to pull pull it back they're one game under 500 they were 50 to 51 in sets uh is absolutely massive for them but they're gonna have a tall tale in tools who is you know definitely the best team in this league not definitely turn things up saint as was a team that was in the top three all season long and then started to fall uh quite a bit as of late so we're gonna have to watch that team that's a team with kyle ensing and um Quinn Isaacson uh, as well, um, the the setter. And then uh, Derek Epp, the Canadian, is uh, on number seven set. And Danny Demineko on uh, Montpellier as well. Yep, so uh, they've actually got the weekend off this week. Those those quarterfinals start on uh, April 8th, so that's, yeah. that's a week I, from Saturday. I, I do believe it is going to be the French Cup finals this Sunday, and that's why they have ah. the, the weekend off. And that is between Nice and... Uh, and Tours. Yeah, th- yeah, you're right. That's Sunday. Tools, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can check that out. Also, if you do want to watch the LNV, it is all free. We have the links uh, weekly over on the over at the website. All you have to do is register with an email. There's no cost or anything. So I would suggest you go check that out because the French league is some quality ball for sure. Lots of North Americans yeah. there. Yeah, the Absolutely. the website volleyballsource.ca is an awesome resource. Our friend yeah. Joel is doing a great job of populating that full of content and links to live streams. So give that uh, give that Absolutely. look. And you know where else is there some quality volleyball, Rob St. Clair? That shirt you're wearing right now. Um, you guys are going to be heading over to Albany, New York, for the East Division Cup this weekend. LVC. Um, has been having a pretty good year. Boston and uh, Northeast Forest have struggled a little bit, but what can we expect from the VLE East Division Cup this weekend? Is there any is there any sleepers teams? Which one of these tier two teams can we watch to kind of push 
push the uh, push the top tier one teams? That's a that's a good question. That this this East Division of Tier One is actually way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Uh, like LVC won the whole league last year; they they have completely owned this division. But uh, last event in Boston, they went one and three. Northeast Force went three and one. Like they they made that that division way more interesting. So more competitive than we thought. There, I still think LVC is the best team, but. Cleveland is the reigning champs of this tournament. Uh, they, they came okay. in last year, uh, last year, and when, when it was in Buffalo, and they won that tournament out of nowhere. So Cleveland gets the four seed. Uh, you never know what can happen there. And uh, I want to shout out the Kentucky Unicorns too. They they beat a couple tier one teams at the Central Division Cup and kind of scared some people. They get Team LVC first thing in the morning on Saturday. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, going to be a good event. Ten teams, three pools. Uh, it's going to be a lot more uh, manageable for me in terms of running the event than the Chicago one was with literally double the teams. So that was wild. But um, I've never been to Albany. I'm looking forward to it. I know our apparel sponsor, Novice, is based there, and they're hosting a party for us on Friday. So I'm stoked to go hang out with those guys. And They're hosting uh, it before the tournament? That's oh, yeah. Dangerous. That's oh, yeah. dangerous. <laughs> Friday Come afternoon. Uh, um, yeah, that'll be a fun one. The af- at least it's in the afternoon. So you have the chance to have a few beverages, maybe hydrate with some water and then, and, and get it going, um, for Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. You know, it. Uh, a lot of matches, uh, it'll be really fun all, all on the VLA YouTube channel. And if you want to hear more about this tournament, um, tonight, I'm actually doubling up on YouTube live shows. We're going uh, around the VLA later tonight, uh, late night edition, 1130 PM Eastern, uh, cause my boy Vince is on the West coast. So, uh, later tonight on the VLA YouTube channel, we'll be talking about that tournament. So tune in over there if you want to hear more. Yeah. Streams basically all day, Saturday, Sunday. Great. Will you have another? Um, what's the name of your stream again? Oh, uh, all day VLA. Yeah, like the all NFL day VLA. style thing. Uh, yes, we will. Uh, it's only Great. two courts. There are only two courts going on at once. Okay. But we will still be running it. Uh, I'll be jumping back and forth, commentating both that are going on. So ten uh, teams, two courts. Dang. Ten, ten teams, two courts. Yeah, three pools. There's like a two three team pools and a four team bracket pool. Uh, we'll talk about it on the show later tonight. If anyone wants to know about the format or uh, hit up the website, it's all on there. All right, check that out inside the VLA later with uh, Vince. What's what's Vince's last name? Vince Zanzuki. Yeah, he's the, Zanzuki. the the Phoenix Ascension guy. Oh, uh, awesome! And uh, yours truly, Mister uh, Rob Saint Clair. Um, all right, is that is that it for this week? Is there anything else that that we need to chat about? Uh, the only other thing that's worth bringing up is I think I, I brought up last week that Penn State was the new number one team in the country in the NCAA. They then promptly went out and lost in five to Ohio State at home. So uh, they have since dropped back down to, I think, third. And um, I wonder if, if Hawaii's back on top or if UCLA is number one this week. Let's actually look that up. I think uh, I saw Hawaii up, up, at, up at number one, but. It is just getting interesting over there in the NCAA, which is, you know, the only volleyball uh, post-secondary volleyball that we have right now uh, in North America now that U-Sports has done. That's right. And, uh, yeah, Hawaii is back up to number one in the country. UCLA 2, Penn State 3, Long Beach State 4. So uh, I think they're just kind of starting conference play in just about every conference. So uh, Big West is really good. MPSF is pretty good. Um, Penn State should get through the EIVA, no problem. Um, Miva's not that great this year. Who's the best Miva team? Loyola at number 10 in the country. Yeah, that, that's not so good. But uh, yeah, off the block blog, who we've shouted out before. If, if you, if you want to follow Lopes, baby. Kenny Lopes is the man. If you want to follow men's NCAA, off the block blog.com is the spot. Absolutely. We should, we should, we should chat with him. Let's, let's, we used to, on the OG version of the Volleyball Source podcast, we used to bring in Vinny Lopes to chat. That's sweet. 
I'm, I'm sure he'd be down. We, we can get in touch. Yeah. With him. Especially Absolutely. as we get towards the uh, championships in like the first weekend of May. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, I think we should do that. Oh yeah. All right, Everett, a long show today, my friend. Let's, yes, absolutely. Uh, let's get the Another... people out of here and get them ready for uh, the maybe the two best matches of the year in Men's Champions League tomorrow. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure to head over to that volleyball store to pick up your 9 by 9 and Spicy Volleyball merch. Use the code SPICY for 15% off. We will be back next week. In two weeks' time, we will not be having an episode because Mr. St. Clair is getting himself married. Uh, she liked it, so she put a ring on it, or will put a <laughs> ring on it, uh, and he will be on his honeymoon. So we're going to have a show next week uh, right before his wedding, and then not the, the week after that. Um, so make sure you tune in next week. Uh, if you're not in the Discord, make sure, make sure to join the Discord. That's right. Thanks for watching, boys and girls. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. Peace.